Why do I look for proof that my spouse is not trustworthy? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. good question today we're gonna have another good caller yeah yeah, yeah. I, love, I love talking about trust so <laughs> that's a good one sounds like uh before we jump into that it sounds like you've uh, been pretty busy this weekend helping our other brother oh yeah he's building it well he's basically tearing out his whole backyard and he he's doing a a job that a, a construction crew should totally do themselves, but you know, we're Patrick. So that's the we, Patrick we grab, way, we grab, right? We grab a pick and a shovel and we get to work. <laughs> like we get it from our grandfather who like hand dug his own basement with a pick and a shovel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So I was just keeping the tradition alive last weekend. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of good work done. So yeah, well, good. good. Yeah. Um, should we just dive right in with Let's Allie? Let's do it, man. Let's go. Okay, Allie, um, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, if you want to just give us some context, give us a little bit of background, and then just ask any questions that you have. All right. Okay, so we've been married for eight years. We have three kids. Um, okay. We got married pretty young. So before we got married, we, you know, had all the good conversations, making sure things were good and compatible. I I had asked him about like if he had struggled with pornography before. And he said, yeah, in my childhood, but like, I'm good now. And so going into the marriage, like I thought everything was fine. And then about a year in, I, we were in college and I actually came home and walked in on him like looking at pornography and masturbating. And so that was pretty shocking. And before we had gotten married, before I even met him, I always kind of told myself, like, if my husband struggles with pornography, I just want to like be there for him. I want to try to be understanding. I want to be calm. I want to let him, let him know that I love him. And like, I kind of always just had this understanding that it wasn't like it would never be because of me and that um, it was probably just like a symptom of a bigger issue. And so that initial like first time I I was really proud of myself, like I was really loving and like we had a good conversation. Things were fine. And then um, a few months later, it happened again. He was in the other room and I walked in on him. And, um, so then that started to pile on and I was like, okay, no, this is like, this is hurting me more than I thought it would. And so after that, things were fine. And then it was about like two years after that initial time where I discovered it again on his laptop. And so it's just been this cycle now over the last eight years of like, will go, you know, six months to a year without any discovery, but he's never actually come to me before and said, 
okay, like I messed up or this happened this week, or I'm even, I'm really struggling this week, um, or whatever. And so I will now, like once I start to sense the distance or like sense that things are off, my mind immediately goes to, oh, this is, this is what must be going on. And so I will go look and then sometimes I'm right. And I go and I find the porn on his phone, but the disclose, like the discovery conversation, confrontation, whatever you want to call it is always really like one-sided because it's like, he's kind of past it already or wants to act like he is. And so it's like, I feel like he just, and then a lot of the times it'll come with other confessions. And so I feel like he just kind of drops a bomb on me and then it's just like, okay, like here you deal with it. And then Mm -hmm. he just kind of withdraws and is never really there for me. And so I, yeah, that's been the cycle of just like, okay, yeah, here's all the things I've done. And then now you're just kind of alone to deal with it. And I don't really want to work on it. Mm. That's what I think. So, okay. So, so your question about why do I, why do I go searching for things basically to make sure that I can prove that I don't trust him has kind of been built from a pattern of actually having that play out. Yes. Yes. But I'm at a, yeah, I'm at a point though now where I'm just starting to get upset with myself for even going and looking because it hurts, you know, like I'm, I know that when I go and look and if I find something, I'm going to put myself through a lot of emotions that I don't want to go through. But even though I know that doesn't change the fact of the reality is things are going on. The yeah, Ali, I want to kind of just cut to the chase here and ask you this. Um, yeah. Is he trustworthy? In so many areas, yes. Okay. Um, so so you can trust him in certain places in your marriage. Yes. This is really the only the only thing. Okay. Um, with this, is he trustworthy? No. Okay. And and how many times is, has that been proven? Many. Probably. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. probably like more than double digits. <laughs> hey, you're right. And so if you go and you look and you you dig and you dig and you dig and you find something again, um, you'll go through this 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 pattern again and again and again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what What do you really want? What do you really desire in the relationship when it comes to this? Um, honesty. Okay. Um, so, so the porn use is a problem that hurts. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been hard for you, right? Yeah. Um, but what's really kind of just fracturing the relationship and the trust here is that dishonesty. Yes. Correct? Um, okay. Um, I guess my question for you is what, like, what have you done about the, that dishonesty in your relationship? Well, I, I mean, we've tried to like, I'll ask him like, will you please just like, delete the apps off of your phone or like not take your phone with you to the bathroom or, you know, 
different things like that? Or will you come to me? Like, cause a lot of the times is when he's really, really stressed or when he's going through a lot. And so I feel like instead of coming to me and like connecting with me over the things he's going through, he's, you know, going off in private and dealing with, with it on his own. So I think that's what really hurts the most is that he doesn't like want to lean on me. Oh, interesting. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I was going to ask you, you just started to, to say this, but if you were to look at not just maybe two layers to it, the porn use and the, the lack of honesty there mm-hmm. and fill in the blank, the story that I'm telling myself about the porn use and, or the dishonesty is blank. What's the story that you're telling yourself when he doesn't come to you over this stuff? Um, a lot of the times it's that he doesn't love me. So his his lack of willingness to share with you equals he doesn't love me. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Go, go ahead, Brandon. Uh, well, I'm just wondering if he were to go to you, uh, would you have the ability to fix the problem? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. If I'm I mean, being honest. Yeah. If uh, if you had sex with him or if you talked it out with him or if, you, or if all of the above, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, can you fix this? No. I, I don't, I don't think so. I think, yeah. I think in, in what you're saying, I don't want to tell you what you do want, but mm-hmm. I think let's say he flipped a switch and instead of disconnecting from you, every time he was stressed, he then used you. Um, to, to deal with that stress. Mm -hmm. And, um, my guess is, and if you stepped into that, like, Oh, good, good. I'm important and and good. I can change this and I can help you and I can help you. That would lead to to some resentment and some feelings of, of being used by you. You you would Mm -hmm. feel, you, you would feel used. Um, and so I come back to the question of what do you really want? Um, you know, when he's stressed, when he's triggered and when it comes to fidelity and it comes to um, sex and in your relationship, what do you really desire? I want to like know him. Yeah. Like really know him. Mm -hmm. He just, yeah, he has a lot of walls up and in our marriage, it's been like, I'm more of kind of an open book (laughs) and maybe that, maybe I have used him too, in a lot of ways, emotionally. Um, I'm trying to work on that, but I just know from just his personality, like he just feels like a burden. Like if he, he doesn't want to burden me with his problems. Mm. And so he will stuff everything inside. Okay. So, so you're identifying this, which is interesting because rationally you just said he doesn't want to burden me with his problems. Why would he not want to do that? Probably because I have enough of my own. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, maybe he actually cares about you. Maybe he's worried about his own issues. Maybe he's got his own shame. There's lots of reasons why he might not, but 
but that's on one hand. And on the other hand, when he doesn't come to me, it means he doesn't love me. Mm. So there's this like, which one's, which one of those is true? I don't know. That's, 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 that's confusing. <laughs> that is, isn't it? And I think that that's yeah. what, what ends up happening for a lot of couples is, is that the, the focus in the discussion will end up on the, and the pornography use part or the your dishonest part without ever getting to this discussion, which is help me understand what your reasons are for withholding. And also please understand what it feels like to me and with the story I tell myself and I'd love to have a discussion about whether or not that's true. Yeah. Uh, and that that in and of itself would be a much deeper, more productive discussion than let's figure out how to get you to stop looking at porn or mm -hmm you got to be honest with me from here on out, right? It's like, now we're getting to the real roots of it where this is where Brandon's kind of taking you. And I, I, I want to ask you, Ali, like, even as you're talking with us right now, what are, what are the emotions that are going through you right now? I mean, I'm definitely emotional. Um, what is it? I don't know. It's hard to identify. Um, maybe like a little bit of um, just like leftover, um, like rejection mm. and a little bit of like fear. As far as like if I'm thinking about having those conversations, trying to get to the heart of the issue, trying to get the understanding and really desiring that and then it not being reciprocated. Yeah. What's, what's the worst thing that could happen with that fear? Ali, what's, what's the biggest thing that you're worried about? That it never will happen, that it never will be reciprocated, that it's something I'm going to have to just accept if I want to be in this relationship. Okay. And that, that starts to make sense now that maybe it's safer for me to occasionally just chase down the dishonesty to know that it's still true, that he's being dishonest about that stuff and incur, incur the same message that I got that maybe he just doesn't love me, but then it also saves me from having to potentially either choose to look differently at that situation or make a decision that might lead to more separation or disconnection from him. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. part of you that's fearful is actually serving some type of a purpose, but maybe it never gets a voice to actually express what it's trying to do. Yeah. Sounds like Ali, you have some, like some trust with him and that there's some strength from him in your relationship. Is that Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a little bit confusing as to why with this issue, isn't, isn't he showing up in more strength and honesty and vulnerability? Correct. Yeah. Um, and does he, does he know why, do you know why this, this one is so, so hard? No, I don't know. And I don't think he knows. Um, when we talk about it, I mean, like the last time that we kind of, that I discovered whatever 
on his phone. Um, it was kind of the turning point of we, I can't keep like doing this thing where I find it, where I go find it. And then I'm proven, you know, one way or the other. And then his response is, I know it's an issue and I hate that I do it, but I also don't want to start opening that can of worms, like to really figure out why, because then I don't think I can actually like function in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. That, that's a big, a biggie right there. Yeah. Yeah. He's found, he's found a, a, a place of survival um, that he doesn't want to break out of. It's scary. No. Definitely. So, so now we've got two people who you've got this part of you. That's the fearful part that doesn't actually want to find the truth that actually doesn't want to actually accept the truth. He's got this other part, man, this is awesome that you guys have even had this conversation that he can tell you this to say, I know that if I give this up, I'm afraid that my life is going to fall apart. And so I'd rather live in the hell that I'm in over this piece, but keep my life together and then run the risk of whatever could happen. Yeah. Right. Oh mm-hmm. man, this, this discussion. Could, yeah. This discussion could go so much differently now though, because now there's room for curiosity and compassion with that. And to say, Hey, let's explore that. Like, you know, like where is this really going to end and and where, and where does it potentially end if we don't confront those things? Yeah. Right. Because, because there's also a cost that's being incurred here by refusing to take a look at those things, even though there's probably good reason why you're so afraid. Yeah, definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The pathway, I, I say this all the time, the pathway out of hell is through misery. And oftentimes, instead of dealing with the misery, we fall back into hell. Um, and, and so, and here you are, Allie, and you're like, no, I don't want to be in hell anymore. Like, no, 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 no. Let's just deal with the misery. Let's, let's work through this. Yeah. Um, but when I say that, there's also a, the, the other side of it, which is once you deal with that misery, then comes some relief and some just beautiful, good stuff. And so when Tyler talks about the cost, um, the cost is great when it comes to what, what he's doing. And he doesn't realize that. To, to him, he's thinking, oh, the cost is every few months, Allie gets upset and we have to have- And I feel like a dirt bag. And- I feel like a dirt bag and that's it. But no, 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 no. Cost is much bigger than that. The fracture to the trust in your relationship is shattering um, pieces of of both of you and, and your relationship that might not be so easily seen, but are definitely felt. And to to me and Allie, to you as you talk and Tyler, it's obvious of like, hey, like just deal with the pain. So that you don't continue to create all the all these things, all the suffering. Mm-hmm. But to him, it's it, he's probably spent a good portion of his life surviving in this way. So why would I change it? Why would I do it differently? And and he's asking something of you, Allie, without saying it. Mm-hmm. He's he, what he's asking of you is is to just go along with this, and just just be in this pattern with me. Because I'm too afraid to, to actually open this up. And if you, if you give up enough of your truth and enough of your boundaries here, then we can stay here. And I don't need to deal with this. Do you see, do you see that? Oh, yeah. I see yeah. that. I feel that. 
I'm having Brandon uh, just this will be good for your heart. I, for some reason, the lyrics of Garth Brooks's song are going through my head right now. Ask me how I know. And basically, this is, you know, this is exactly the pattern you find yourself in. If it doesn't, if things don't change, this is the cost we're talking about. And I think the lyrics say, and this is for your husband. One day you'll meet the girl you swore you'd never find. Start building up your walls and never let her get inside. And you'll push her away because that's all you know how to do. And that's exactly the pattern that's starting to happen here. If I can't learn how to be honest and transparent with all of this stuff, and that's what's so tragic about the situation you're feeling is, is that you have all this goodness inside your relationship with him too, that you can acknowledge and you can see. And there's this piece that's actually going to continue to push further and further away. And the cost will be enormous. It's not, it's not a small cost over the lifetime of the problem, right? It might be, a, oh, my wife's disappointed right now and I feel bad for my, about myself for a couple of days, but that's going to build on itself and it's going to create more of a schism and more of a divide. That shame's going to trickle into his parenting, into his work, into, into his like, confidence as a person. It's, it's going to ooze into all kinds of places. Yeah, and those, and those costs are just as real even though they're more slow going than whatever the fear is that's preventing him from having to take accountability. And, and Tyler, I, I do want to say that shame that we're talking about and these costs, they come from the lack of honesty and transparency, not from being a sexual being. So, so, you know, if he does something sexually or whatever, the more he is honest and open about it, the more he's not going to be acting out sideways. And so if, and the more he'll be cleaning it up and feeling fine about himself if he falls or slips or this or that, but he's getting it back on the surface. He's, he's facing what is he's dealing with it as it comes and, and actually can build trust that way. That's right. Um, Ali, I want to, I want to do something with you that um, I might be a little bit annoying here. So, so hang in That's there with okay. me. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, what value of yours that that's, it's really important to you. It is this whole pattern breaking. It's that the thing that makes me the happiest is knowing myself and others as their whole self. Okay. So you value like real connection. Is that, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah. Genuineness. Good, bad, ugly, pretty, all of it. Okay. So you value deep connection, uh, authenticity, um, and honesty. It sounds like, is that, I don't yeah. put words in your mouth. Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. Okay. And so when you're finding things every so often, it just, it, all of those values, all those, it's like, well, that's not here with my husband, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you value those things, um, my question is how important are those things to you on a scale of one to 10? How important are those things to you? Like an eight or nine. Okay. So pretty, pretty darn important. Mm-hmm. All right. So when, when you 
find something and the, it kind of blows up. You have a talk. <clears throat> um, how do you protect those truths and those values? I don't know if I do. Yeah. Um, because I will even hold back my own honesty. Um, because I don't want to lose the connection mm -hmm. that is there. That's just hanging on by a thread. Mm -hmm. So you'll play that game with him. So. I definitely will. I, mm -hmm. yeah, I have a hard time really being open myself with it. Um, when we do have talks, I struggle to be direct because I already, I start like playing the conversation in my mind already. Like I'm just editing as I speak and yeah, it's hard to be open. I mean, to a degree I have a, it's easy for me to tell him how I feel, but then when it comes to, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying, but. Well, there's, I'm hearing there's two sides to this. Yeah. There's, there's you living those truths on your own, in your own integrity, because you value those things. Mm -hmm. And then there's you being honest about how important those truths are in your relationship, right? You can't, yeah. force, you can't force him to be those things, but you can be honest with him about how important those things are to you when you're in a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um, so, so we just uncovered, Allie, we just uncovered, this is awesome. We just uncovered a huge awesome. opportunity. <laughs> we just uncovered a, a huge opportunity for shift and growth for you individually and for your relationship that has everything to do with you and what's in your power. This is why this is awesome mm -hmm. because there's space here for change. That's a hundred percent in your court. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, are you following me? Yes. I'm trying. <laughs> okay. yeah, there's going to be a part of you that doesn't want to follow me because it's like, oh, shoot. Like, uh, I want to just kind of blame him and his lack of transparency for all the issues here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Hey, um, he's making it pretty easy, by the way, right now. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And that's been comfortable for a while. But now yeah. I'm like, no, I'm over it. I need yeah. to do something. Okay, Allie. If you're over it, then you working on yourself to say, what am I so afraid of to show up as an authentic, honest partner with him? Mm -hmm. What are my truths? Um, and how important are they to me? How can I protect those truths in my self-care and actually act in that self-care so so, and, and, and be boundaried in those ways so that I can can show up and, and what consequences am I willing to, to face as a result of me showing up in my truths? Right. You see, mm -hmm. this isn't, this is, this is the misery that I'm talking about of getting out of the hell. This is hard work, Totally. but it feels good, but it feels horrible at the same <sighs> time. Right. Yeah. Tyler, it's a, it, breaking these patterns is not easy. Yeah, you know, Brandon and I, there's another piece to this that I think is right here at the surface of what, where we're going to is, is that you were asking Allie about her values and Allie's saying, I'm at an 80 or a nine on honesty, authenticity, connection. That's Those are very high, high values for me. 
And yet I find myself not acting according to those values in these moments because, and this is what I'm hearing, Allie, and this is maybe something to explore. Part of where Brandon's going is not only do I have an opportunity to decide how to care for those values and set new boundaries, I would even start a step earlier and say, what is in me? Is there another value here that's actually getting in the way of these other values? Is it, what is it? Is it fear? Is it, you know, I almost hear like this potential of almost settling for the mess of pottage instead of the birthright. And like, I'll take this little thread of connection and I won't be honest and I won't share my own feelings as long as I can keep him close to me, which is then just really my, my part of reinforcing the same old pattern that I don't want. Um, but maybe that's, maybe there's a value in that that's worth holding on to. That's even more important to me than honesty and transparency and all these things that I'm saying. And mm. if that's true, then I can at least come to a place of taking ownership for that, which again is empowering. And then I'm going to be working towards acceptance and surrender with those things instead of boundaries. I think, I think our direction and my gut says that your direction is really where Brandon's headed is no, you're going to say, see that your values really do lie in what you're saying. And that this is something else that needs to be worked through and stepped into, into that misery place, but there's room for compassion for whatever else might be there. Yeah. All of our suffering comes from uh, when what is, is incongruent with our integrity. So, so it's interesting when we see suffering and Ali, you're talking about some suffering in your relationship. I'm seeing a breakdown with integrity, both on your part and his part in your relationship. And so therefore there's suffering there. If both of you were able to completely get into your integrity, as hard as that might be, the suffering would go away and the, the learning and the growth would, would take over. Um, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And it sounds sounds wonderful. Awesome. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so Brandon, you left one part out though. Like you said, if both of you do that, what happens if Allie does that and her husband decides not to? Okay. I take that back. Not both of you. If, if one of you, oh, you know, here's the deal. If he decides not to, your battle to stay in your integrity could get harder, more difficult because now it's like, man, I do. Am I going to sell out for the, the relationship? Because he's asking me to do that because he's not wanting to get in his integrity. Um, and, and a lot of times, a lot of people will sell out for the relationship and stay suffering in the relationship. Um, so that's, a, that's a good point, Tyler. Um, but you know, long-term, if Ali stayed in her integrity over the, over time, he might shift into his integrity and they have a great relationship. He might not, and Allie's integrity could lead to a divorce. It could lead to a separation because she is fighting so, so strongly for those values. Um, yeah. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people are scared of. Yes. From the outside perspective, Brandon and, and Allie, like just talking to you and kind of starting to get a picture of where things are going. And the fact that you do have the makings of an actual really good relationship, even though this thing is there, that's like eroding it like working on it. My suspicion, again, there's no guarantees here, but my suspicion is, is that as Ali, as you start to step into these places that Brandon's talking about, that you're married to the kind of man who would actually eventually decide to come along because he, he, he knows he's got a good thing too. 
you know, like, and he doesn't, he's not going to want to lose that. And he's, and he's got enough goodness inside there that he almost needs a chance to step into that a little bit more. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. But I hate to be a naysayer here, but we don't know that. There's no guarantees. And and, and that's why it's scary, Allie, for you to step into your power because you don't have a hundred percent. The, the addiction is strong. Like Mm -hmm. it's very strong. And a lot of times they'll choose that. Oh, over, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, make anyone feel bad, but it's just, you have to face the fear of that in order to step into your truth. I I wonder, I wonder though, Brandon, you just basically put to words what I think, Allie, you might be feeling, which is that, you know, that you're going up against this thing that is strong and there's a chance he might not choose you. And, and so that's scary. And that's, what's paralyzing you from living in your integrity inside of the relationship. Definitely. yeah. yeah. And, and if you were able to come to that place where back to that story, you're telling yourself that when he acts out and he lies to me, it means he doesn't love me. There's, there's individual work to be done there to shift that belief, to shift that story. And if that story were to shift on your side of things and you knew I am loved and whatever else is true there, then the fear of having to step into that place where you're inviting new change into this, into this system would be able to be pushed through and worked through a little bit easier than it currently is right now. Ali, I want to ask you, um, if you were to describe what real recovery looks and feels like, what, what would you, what would you be seeing? What would you be feeling from your partner? I think I would be feeling more love towards him. I'd be feeling more love from him. Um, I think just the overall like energy between us would be better. Um, More confidence, self-worth, just. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, what, what I'm hearing is that the the systems that are set up for this whole recovery and, and trust thing are kind of broken a little bit in your relationship where you're much too uh, much a part of it. And for you to really educate yourself and understand what recovery looks like. And have you heard my pond analogy before? I don't know. I don't think so. So a pond is, you know, a frozen pond. If you're walking across it and you're checking every step to see if you're going to fall through the ice, are you safe? No. No, because you don't know whether, when you're going to fall through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, this is really uncomfortable for a partner. Um, but the only way that you'll find out whether or not he's working recovery is to get yourself out of the way. And when you get yourself out of the way, you then go into a mode of really educating and understanding what does recovery look like and what does it feel like? And what recovery, I'll tell you what it, it, I can tell you with words, but you've got to feel it to actually know it. It feels like a lot of the things that you just said. Um, ultimately, you will feel strength and masculinity from him um, where he has the he has the strength in order to deal with the pain that he's avoiding. He has the strength in order to sit in the vulnerability of honesty. Um, he's consistent. He's 
he's patient and empathetic and curious with your pain. Um, so, so instead of forcing him to become those things, like I say, you got to get out of the way mm-hmm. and you observe and you watch and you see, is he doing that work to become that? And this is where your boundaries come in play. If he's not doing anything to, to, to work toward that or, or shift into that, then he'll keep doing what he's doing. But if he, if he does start to proactively take charge of his recovery, deal with the pain, do his trauma work, get involved in groups, uh, practice accountability, um, you'll see shifts start to happen. And so your boundaries come in when, when you see it and you say, I'm still feeling this void. I'm still feeling this lack of connection with you. And I don't know if I can continue to be so vulnerable with you um, unless I start to see some, some movement, some recovery. And that might sound like an ultimatum, but, but Ali, that might be you just protecting your truths and who you are not trying to force him to do it, but you're just being honest and authentic in the relationship. Like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. Easier said than done, but this is kind of the process. Yeah. So So what do those boundaries look like? Like what is something I could do? That's a, that's a really good question. It's going to come back down to starting with your values and asking what you're willing to do to protect such values. Okay. So, and again, this is like, a, this is not a direct answer to your question, but I could tell you what I think you should do, but that's not going to matter until your heart's ready to do whatever it's ready to do to protect the values. So, but what Brandon's saying is, you know, when... Here's a thought that's been going through my mind as you've been talking is that, you know, you can't trust him in this realm already. And something kicks up for you occasionally that feels bigger than that. Maybe there's something else going on in the relationship or you feel more of that disconnect or whatever. And then you go and you find proof that you shouldn't trust him, which actually validates you and makes you not feel crazy, Mm -hmm. which there's, so there's some merit to it. But on the flip side of that, what if instead of going and chasing that down, you went to him with the boundary first and said, Hey, I'm feeling a disconnect. I'm a little bit worried that maybe there's not, we're not, there's not honesty or trust going on here. I don't know if that's true or not, but until then I'm going to do blank. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to, you know, take a couple of days and sleep in my own bed. If you, if you can find a different room to sleep in or something, or, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more emotionally disconnected than I even, even I want to be right now until I can figure out why I'm feeling that way. And if you know of something that could be helpful, I'd appreciate you being honest. Um, you know what, I actually deserve to be in a relationship with someone who's going to be honest and live with integrity. And if that's not happening right now, and it feels like it's not, then I'm going to blank, you know, like whatever. Yeah. So, so you're gonna to have to go to whatever level you're willing to. I know my wife, she was pretty quick to go. I deserve to be in an honest relationship. And, and if it's not honest, I'm taking some space right now. And then usually it was either going to be a couple of hours, sometimes a day, sometimes it was a couple of days that it was, there was some distance. And during that distance, there's this opportunity for me to go, man, like, how could I be more honest or like, how could I get better at this? And then she'd be going and getting grounded and getting her feet planted again. And then she'd come back. And if I was in that space where we could have a conversation, we'd talk. And if not, the boundaries would stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard part is, is that it's, it's, it's sometimes this question that you're asking right now, it, it, it's kind of like 
I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but you read a self-help book expecting all the answers to come and the author thinks they're giving all the answers and you read it and you're like, they, they still didn't give me any answers. Um, this is the same with like, well, what do I do? And your therapist says, set some boundaries. And then the right boundary is probably when I'm not real, quite, quite yet ready to hold. Well, but, but Tyler, the boundaries can be so many things. I mean, the yeah. boundary, the boundary could be, Hey, I need Thursday night off from being a mother so I can hang out with my best friend and talk about things because I need an outlet. Yeah. Mm. And and so for me, I need that space. Like you're going to have to watch mm. the kids, please. Will you? Because I need that space. That's my boundary. Um, the boundary might, might be, Hey, I'm moving down to the basement. Um, you know, or, you know, I, what it can be whatever works for you individually for your actual self care to protect those values. Um, and so for you to really look at that and you might have to search a little bit to say, this is what will work for me, not for me to self care of my values. That's the key word, Brandon, key phrase, self care of my values. Right. But here's, here's an extreme example of, of kind of the boundary thing. Um, I could go to the prison right here and I could go meet with a prisoner. And let's say the guy is just a killer, just, just a narcissistic criminal. Um, I could meet with that guy and I could actually have a lot of love for him and a lot of compassion and understanding. Um, as long as there's bars between us, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, because that guy's not safe for me. Um, there is a clear limit to our connection and I'm not the one, I'm not the one that, that has to have those bars there. It's actually kind of his unhealthiness and his craziness. That is the reason why we have to have those bars there. And I'm open to love and having compassion to this guy, but they, we have to have bars there so that I can have that compassion. And what sucks with with sex addiction and, and betrayal and things like that, Allie, you don't want bars between you and your husband. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Um, but sometimes in the process of healing, you have to put those up in order to be safe enough to navigate this recovery process. And it's not an ultimatum. It's just you saying, I need this space to be safe. Um, and as long as I'm looking through these bars and I'm seeing you get therapy and I'm seeing you practice all these things and man, I'm going to take a bar down and I'm going to hold your hand through the, these bars and then I'm going to take another bar down because dang it, like I want you close to me because I can see all the change happening there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that's the process instead of this, this uh, pattern of, you know, Allie, you know that he's not trustworthy and he's not safe. He could be acting out right now as we speak. And it's, yeah. you know, he very well could be because that's a possibility. Um, and so you, I hate to say that, but you know that. Mm-hmm. And so there, there needs to be some limits in your relationship until you start to see that he's actually shifting into that man of integrity. And then you can work on your own integrity in the relationship as well. Right. Yeah. So, all right. I'm going off, Allie. What, what are you thinking? That's all good. No, I am definitely thinking of a few things that now as I'm just thinking of how the conversations go, how the rest of the day goes, like even when we do have the talk, 
it's like a lot of the times we both just stay in the house and then we're just Mm -hmm. like staring at each other. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like in the future I can leave. I can say, Hey, I'm going to go and drive around. I'm going to go walk around a store. I need some time. Shift into self-care for yourself. Yeah. Once that talk happens, not worrying about him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the first thing that I can do in the future is take care of myself that way. And he's probably going to hate that by the way, because he's used to something else, Hmm. you know? So I I don't know. Maybe he'll be like, maybe he'll like it. Either way, it's for you. Yeah. You're doing what you need to do for you. Yeah. You might hate it. (laughs) Oh, I I do. Like even just thinking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, come on, Allie. It goes against your fears. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, Ali, we're we're just about out of time here. Uh, mm-hmm. Have we gotten to some kind of a, an answer to your question? Do you have any other thoughts or questions? No, I I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your willingness to come on the show. Your question is really valid. It's really really common, and it's mm-hmm. really normal. I would I would reiterate that you can set your boundaries without having to chase down the proof. Okay. Because, because of what Brandon was saying earlier, that when I know, when I can feel that there's recovery happening, I don't have to go chase it down. So if I don't feel that recovery is happening, I'll just set my boundaries there and, and use my precious energy to care for myself and my values instead of running it down to have proof that I was right in the first place. Yeah. Right. yeah. Allie, your husband's a lucky man because he has a wife who wants to create love in in the relationship and wants to connect. And so if he listens to this, I just want him to hear that. Um, Mm -hmm. You're a lucky man and uh, face the pain because it's not worth the disconnection that it creates in the relationship. So, all right, Allie, thank Thank you you. for coming on today. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. Okay, bye.